Hey guys, this is Chelsea Eithoven and you're listening to Vibrancy Radio. I spent the better part of two decades in pursuit of shrinking my body, but diet after diet, I still never felt enough. And I don't know about you, but the last word I would use to describe myself while on a diet is vibrant. After becoming a certified health and nutrition coach, I finally dropped the diets, learned to trust my body again, and rediscovered the vibrancy that was within me all along. And now I help women like you do the same. Vibrancy Radio is your new go-to resource for science-backed nutritional knowledge, major mindset shifts, and body image breakthroughs. So if you're ready to stop feeling so dang stressed about food all the time and start focusing on all the things that make you unique and vibrant, then welcome to the show. Welcome back to Vibrancy Radio, you beautiful souls. So happy to have you here. Ugh. So as I'm recording this today, it is actually election day. Ah! So it's election day. Stress, nerves are high, I think, for absolutely everyone. And I had an interesting realization this morning. So before we dive into our topic for today, I actually want to share with you my experience around falling into old habits and noticing old patterns coming back to rear their ugly head and how I handled it this morning. So it is currently about 2 p.m. And this morning I felt extremely anxious, again, as I'm sure many of you did on election day. And hopefully as you're listening to this, which is like two weeks after the election, we have an idea of who our next president will be and all of us will maybe have a little bit of relief. I don't know. We're not going to get into politics on this podcast at least in this episode, maybe another one, because that's another passion of mine. Fun fact, I did go to college for three and a half years for political science. And when I was learning about politics, I actually changed my political affiliation from what I had grown up believing I was going to be, and then completely switched when I actually learned about what I was voting for. So anyways, let's talk about today. So Today, we, my husband and I, Garrett, got up early and voted, and everything was great. It was all good. Came home, had some breakfast, and kind of sat down on the couch and just started scrolling. Okay, so I'm going to be honest. Scrolling is simultaneously something that causes stress for me and also something that I go to when I feel stressed. Makes absolutely no sense, right? But that's my truth. This is the truth. This is a habit that I have, and it's one that I'm actually still working to break. But so I sat down on the couch and started scrolling, and because I was trying to ease a little bit of stress of it and anxiety, and that's an automatic habit for me to just get out of my brain, you know? So I did that. I started scrolling and getting more stressed and then feeling more tired and continuing to scroll. It was like this obsessive cycle. And this morning, I also noticed I ate my breakfast and then I wanted food immediately after. I wasn't necessarily hungry, which is 
pretty unlike me. I really haven't experienced cravings in quite a while, I'll be honest. Cravings like this for food when I'm not hungry. (laughs) So I went back and had my yogurt bowl with my seeds because I'm doing seed cycling right now. So I made my yogurt bowl and I was like, all right, that's cool. You know, maybe my body needs a little bit more fuel right now. That's fine. Did that. And then after I finished that, I still wanted food. I was like, thinking about the English muffins I have in the fridge and making an egg sandwich. And I checked in with myself and I caught myself and was like, whoa, what is happening? This has not happened in so long. It's 10 a.m. and I want to continue eating. My brain is telling me to continue eating. My body isn't. I have no physical hunger at all. I need to check in with what's going on on in my brain and in my body. And I realized that this was an old habit coming back, right? To just to just stress eat. It was stress eating that I wanted to do. And this is where I veer a little bit differently from intuitive eating because I think in that moment, it's your choice to make, right? Did I want to in that moment continue and go back to an old habit that I had that was never serving me, which was to stress eat and just eat because I wanted a little bit of a distraction? Or did I want to take this moment to step into my higher self, to step into the future version of myself that I am creating day in and day out? Does my future self do something that is potentially self-sabotaging? Because I look at eating when you're not hungry as a self-sabotaging move. Why would I do that? My body's not asking for fuel. Again, this is where I differ from intuitive eating. I think understanding the difference between physical hunger and mental hunger is a huge thing. And sometimes you still make the choice to eat when you're stressed, and that's totally fine. This morning, that didn't feel in line with me. So at this point, I legitimately was scrolling for several hours, and I was at the point where I was ready to give up on the day. (laughs) I was like, you know what? We're just calling it a day. I'm just going to put on Netflix. I'm going to go to the fridge. I'm going to make that sandwich. I'm just going to do nothing. I'm going to numb out today. It's already gotten to noon. These are the things that are going on in my mind. The day is wasted. There's no reason to, you know, try and go to work. I have no motivation to work. I'm in like, I was in a frumpy outfit that I threw on to go get up early and vote. And I felt gross. And I was just like, whatever. Ooh, and something else that came up forgot to mention this, something else that came up was being critical of my body. And so I'm realizing, hello, here are all your old coping tactics, seeing all of them in conjunction in one day come up so prominently and it's so prominent and you notice it so much when it hasn't happened in a really long time. So these things, especially in conjunction, have not happened in a really long time. The lack of productivity, the wanting to just completely give up on the day, the being critical of my body, looking in the mirror and thinking, you do not look good enough. Oh, wow. Maybe you should go on a diet. That was my first thought was like restriction. Should I restrict? Right. And then also wanting to overeat at the same time. Really interesting when you step away from these patterns, how much more you notice them, like I said, when they come back and you're not really used to them. So that was such an interesting observation. And When I say I am naturally an all or nothing person, I don't just mean with food, with everything. And I love the phrase, 
the way you do one thing is the way you do everything. Because for me, I find this to be so true. When my home is clean and tidy, I do things differently. I operate in a different way. So what that means is it's just a ripple effect, right? When you do one thing that is going to uplift you into the next best version of yourself, it can be an upward cycle. On the opposite end, I feel like it can be a downward cycle too, right? When you do one small thing that feels like it's a a step in the wrong direction, mentally, I want to just spiral, right? So that's why I was at that point at noon where I just said, "Mm, I think I'm just going to spiral today. We're just going to get out the ice cream. Let's get out the food, Netflix. Let's do it. And I checked myself. (laughs) So I'm going to tell you how I checked myself and how I turned it around, just because I feel like some of you might be able to relate to this. Whether you are working from home and you've experienced this, right, on a work day, which we all know the guilt that can come from that. And then we feel awful if you run your own business and you're in charge of yourself and you have a day like that. The end of the day comes around and you just don't feel good about what you got done that day, right? Or even if it's a weekend day or a day off work, but still equally, you didn't spend it in a way that that really enhanced your life and moved you forward. So that's what I used to do, right? Give up on the day, got to noon, might as well just keep it going. Hey, why not even maybe crack open the wine or something? (laughs) So I decided instead, I mentally caught myself. In that moment that I wanted to go make a sandwich, English muffin sandwich, and go sit on the couch, I chose different. So what I did was I said, what would feel really good to my body that is not the sandwich? Because what I'm craving is comfort. I'm really tired. I feel like a nap would feel really good. A nap would feel really good. So that's what I did. I went into my bedroom. I took a 30-minute nap. And I woke up and said, what else would feel good? And I felt like I really needed to get grounded in my body. And my body felt like I wasn't taking care of it. Because like I said, I was in frumpy clothes. I just threw on whatever that morning. Even though I brushed my teeth that morning, it was really early. So my mouth felt gross. My hair felt gross. I felt I didn't feel good. So... I dry brushed my entire body and that was a really nice practice to drop into my physical body and just give myself this small moment of self-care. So I dry brushed my entire body. I lotioned my entire body. I got a jar of water. Like I have, we have these really big mason jars that I've been drinking my water out of. And I realized I had only drank like half of one of those that day. Because again, like I said, when I go big, like I go real big, I was like not going to drink my water, none of that. So I got a big mason jar of water, chugged water. So I was hydrating myself and I was already starting to feel uplifted. My mood felt uplifted. I put on, I put some essential oils, So notice how I was starting with what felt good, okay? So I started with what felt good in my physical body to get me grounded. Then I played some music and just danced for minutes. I just danced to myself. And that is the most fun ever to me and such a mood a mood boost. Wherever I am vibrating, I feel like if I dance, I go up like six notches. I just feel so good. I love dancing. I love losing myself in it. So I danced. 
And then I put on an outfit that made me feel good, but also that I could walk the dog in. So I'm just in some workout clothes, but not as frumpy, you know? My clothes that I was wearing before was covered in dog hair. You know, you just want to fresh it up sometimes. And I put on a little bit of makeup. I did my hair in a fun way, which I never do because I'm not good at hair or that kind of thing. So I put on makeup a little bit different way than I normally would just for something fun and funky. And I did my hair in a little bit of a different way. And I felt good. I felt like I reinvented the day. And I feel one million times better. So I did all that. Those were all things that felt good. And then I was like, let me let me think of a couple things that might feel like I feel like I'm getting something accomplished, right? So I pulled out my habit tracker and I I colored in the squares for the things that I had already achieved that day, you know? So dance is on my habit tracker. Genuinely, I have dance on my habit tracker because again, it boosts my mood and it's something I want to start doing every single day because it feels so good. And which is funny, actually, because the last podcast we talked about habit plus option. I feel like dancing is a habit that I could do every day. That's one of those things that I actually could do every day. So I put that so that I could boost my mood and elevate my mood this week. I put dancing on there. So I checked off the things that I had already done. I had already done my seed cycling. That felt good and felt accomplished. And then I went to my planner and looked for the tiniest things that I had written down for today that I could check off. Like one was just transferring some money in my bank account from my business account to my personal account. And so it was just a small action that took two seconds, but checking off that small action made me feel, right, just that movement helps form momentum. And I feel like I have totally turned my day around. And I'm telling you, it's two o'clock right now, like I said, and I feel like a million bucks because I'm so proud of myself. These are the small wins that we can celebrate and that we can say, look at me. Me three years ago would have never made that choice. This shows growth. I noticed where I was about to fall back into that old me and I made the choice to take a step forward instead. And so I just wanted to share that with you and also share with you how tiny the things were that I focused on and how instead of focusing on the big momentous task that I knew I had to get done today, which was recording this podcast and a few other things, recording some master classes. Instead of focusing on those and being like, oh, those are the important things I have to get done today. I need to start with those. Those felt too overwhelming. When I was still laying on that couch and thinking about the sandwich, I was ready to throw this podcast away, right? I was ready to be like, I'm not recording a podcast tomorrow or today, you know, starting to tell myself the excuses. It's okay if I do it tomorrow, which sometimes it is. But I just want you to see that, like I said, instead of focusing on those big things, I focused on small things and things that felt good. And then when my energy shifted, I felt the energy to actually do the things that I needed to do, the bigger things. And after this podcast, what I'm going to do is eat that sandwich that I was thinking about before because now I'm actually getting to the point where I'm starting to get physically hungry and then take my dog for a walk, connect in nature a little bit, and then come back and see what else I can do to move the needle forward.
Oh, this stuff gets me so hype, you guys. I love self-development. I love doing this for myself, and I love helping you guys achieve these small wins too. I love it so, so, so much. By the way, before we dive into today's topic, I just want to let you know I appreciate all of you who reach out to me and say you're enjoying the podcast. It makes my day when you message me and say, hey, Chelsea, the podcast about manifestation for your health goals changed the way I look at health goals. Or, you know, the one about carbs has, I've started eating carbs again and I feel so good. And when I get these, I, oh, it makes everything worth it. And in order to do this, I, I know you guys are listening to this podcast. You're probably listening to others. In order to continue spreading the word about this podcast, truly, truly, the way to do that is through two things. Either leave me a rating and review and tell me what you like about the podcast. That's number one thing you can do. Number two is share it with your friends, right? Tell somebody who you know who could use this information and benefit from it and benefit just from the good energy. Tell them and share it with them. Post it to your Instagram stories, whatever you feel called to do. I appreciate it so much and I appreciate you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you for spending some time with me on this beautiful day. (laughs) Okay, so let's dive into today's topic. I swear, I feel like today's topic downloaded to me. I feel like I it just kind of came through me and it was like, this idea needs to be put out into the world. Here you go. You need to share this. And so what we're going to talk about today is making food choices out of love instead of fear. So I am at the point now where I have transitioned from making all of my food choices out of fear into making all, if not most, we'll, we'll say most because I'm, I'm not perfect. I'm not some like perfect specimen of a human, but most of the food choices that I make are based out of love. Unlike most people, I don't think the opposite of love is hate. I actually think the opposite of love is fear because when we don't when we can't love something when we're afraid right i feel like whenever we have that hatred a lot of times if we look if we have hatred towards something we look deeper and underlying feeling tends to be fear so before i even dive in how this relates to food, I actually want to share where this idea came from and give credit where credit is due. So I actually got the idea and the concept of making choices out of love instead of fear from Andrea Crowder. So she's freaking awesome, first of all, and she is like a master of energy. So she is an entrepreneur. She started spiritually intimate with a business partner. She's no longer in that business, but she's starting something else called Freak Rituals, I believe. I'll put her in the show notes so that you can find her. But anyways, she's a master of energy and specifically when it comes to business. And if you are an entrepreneur and you're looking to change your business and how you run your business from an energetic perspective, she's such a great follow. She just gives really good, really implementable things that she talks about on her Instagram. So anyways, she talks about making decisions out of love instead of fear. And particularly, she talks about financial investments, right? So she has this course 
called Break Rules, Make Bank. And I really wanted this course. (laughs) I wanted it so bad. I was like, oh my gosh, I want this course. But I was afraid of the financial investment. So I I was afraid and I almost didn't get it. But somewhere on her website, she talks about, are you making this choice out of fear or love? If you say no to this course, are you making that choice out of fear or love? For me personally, saying no to it was purely out of fear because I was afraid that I wouldn't make the money back. I said, you know what, if money weren't an issue, would I say yes? Absolutely. Absolutely, I would do it 100%. So the only reason I was saying no was out of fear, again, of the financial commitment. Now, here's the thing. Here's the thing to understand about making choices of out of love instead of fear. So saying yes to me was an act of love, right? I knew that that would propel my, forward bus- my business forward in an energetic way, which is everything to me, (laughs) but I knew it would move my business forward because everything is energy, right? But someone else could have said no, and that choice would have been made out of love. So I, I said the choice, yes, and that was my choice, making it out of love. Somebody else could have said no because possibly they had already invested in other courses that they hadn't finished, and they knew if they were doing this, it was just like an impulse buy, and they wouldn't be able to really get the full value right now because they were just hopping from course to course to course and were like half absorbing it and really just going for the next best thing and not paying attention to what they already purchased. In that case, for that person, saying no would be the choice made out of love, right? And saying yes might be the choice made out of fear because the only reason they're purchasing this is because they're afraid they're going to miss out on something, right? Oh, I have to get this course. I might miss out on something and I want to make sure that I have all the information I need. Do you see how the same decision can have different energy? And to me, the energy is what actually matters. So saying yes to this opportunity and this course for me was a commitment to my highest self, right? Because my highest self and that future self that I'm working towards isn't afraid of investments and understands that our money and my money right now is just seeds to be planted, right? It's not something to hoard, but rather I, I plant these little seeds and then I can create greater fruits later. So actually investing in this that's going to shift and change my energy is going to help me grow enough to make those changes in the future. So invest now and reap the benefits later. So that's what happened with that course. And that is what really got me thinking about everything in my life. I started analyzing everything in my life and saying, am I making this choice out of fear or love? And it has guided me in a new way, right? But again, it could be the same choice, but the energy it's made out of is what yeah, that the choice is made out of is what matters. Nothing is one size fits all. So let's talk about how this works in relation to food and food choices. Again, I had this realization that now I have transferred most of my food choices, if not all, to be made out of love. Previously, I had made almost 100% of my food choices out of fear. And this was on 
both ends of the spectrum. So I would avoid sugar and avoid carbs and start every single morning promising myself more self-control and that I would do it this time because I was afraid of what the consequences were if I didn't do that, which was weight gain. Or actually, really, I was afraid that I wouldn't get the thing that I wanted so badly for so long, which was weight loss. Of course, I didn't realize that what I actually wanted wasn't just weight loss. What I actually wanted was body confidence and self-love, but that's a whole nother story altogether. I realized that a little bit later down the road. So on the other end, though, I was making, so I was making those food choices out of fear, afraid of sugar. I was afraid of too many carbs. I was afraid of too much processed fruit food. It changed throughout the history, right? For throughout my history, what I was afraid of changed. And then with every new magazine article I read, every new Pinterest ad I saw, it would change. And there would be add another thing onto the list of foods that I'm afraid of. On the other end of that, and so all that eating was happening out of fear. I was suppressing what I really wanted because I was afraid that if I ate what I really wanted, I would get results that I didn't want. So that's how those choices were being made out of fear. And then on the other end of that, when my willpower finally expired, which if you are just, just relying on your willpower to take you through your diet plan, then you're going to eventually end up in a failure, right? We just, willpower is not infinite. So when my willpower finally ran out, what I would do then is I would overeat out of fear. So I would try and shove in all the foods that I desired in a short window. Like I would go to the grocery store and get the little donuts and get chips and and then I would make sure I go through Chick-fil-A and I get I get the sandwich and the nuggets and the fries and the milkshake because I was afraid and I knew that the impending restrictions that were to follow were going to not allow me to have the those foods later. So I tried to get them all in at once, right? And that was out of fear in the same way because I knew, oh gosh, okay, I can't have the stuff later, so I got to shove it all in now. Those were also food choices made out of fear. There was no in-between for me. It was one of those two circumstances, either me trying to white-knuckle my way through yet another diet or yet another attempt at the same diet over and over again, right? Or me overeating and then again, kind of like, like stocking up for the winter and eating all the foods that I wanted to eat in a short window because I knew I had to start the restriction again soon. I didn't realize that there was a different way right? And meanwhile, this whole thing was so subconscious, like the idea of me making these decisions out of fear. I had no idea what I, why I was making these decisions. And frankly, I really never even took the time to stop and think about it, right? I just, I was just on autopilot for so much of my life. And I'm so thankful for the tools that I've learned and the knowledge that has I've been exposed to that has taken me out of autopilot so that I can now truly live a life designed 
the way that I want it to be, right? And not just out of autopilot. So this was so subconscious that I didn't even realize it until a couple months ago, right? This whole idea of making food choices out of fear versus out of love. Now, when we start making food choices out of fear versus love is when I think we get into hot water when it comes to our relationship with food. So when I consciously noticed this, I decided that even though I had been making moves towards that way and I realized that I had naturally changed this without even trying, moving towards love instead of fear, I wanted to start really consciously embodying this, to start making food choices out of love on a conscious level, love for my body and love for my life, love for my vibrancy, right? And a desire, really also a desire to make the choice that my highest self would make. And for me personally, that didn't feel like focusing on perfection, right? Because a lot of people will say, well, if you love your body and you're making the choice of love would be to eat perfectly clean because this food is toxic or whatever. To me, diet culture is toxic. And I understand this isn't everybody's story, but this is my story. The idea of restriction for me is toxic. And that is not something that's helpful for me. Perfection almost felt like a distraction from what truly is love. In relation to my body, this looks like mostly making choices that give me an abundance of energy and eating nutrient-dense foods and lots of veggies and sometimes fruit. I'm not a big fruit person, but sometimes fruit, you know, lots of protein and, and probiotic foods and, and all these things, whole grains and root veggies, everything our body just loves and gives us an abundance of energy. But then also allowing grace and enjoyment to be a part of my relationship with food too. So those choices are what felt like I would be making food choices out of love. That's what it would look like for me. And really just guiding me in the moment and figuring out when I am physically hungry versus mentally hungry. Because again, also making a choice out of love to me doesn't mean that I'm just going to be automatically eating whenever my brain tells me it wants food because sometimes my brain is telling me it wants food because it wants comfort. And there are other ways that I could give it that. But to me, overeating or eating when you're not hungry in for me doesn't feel like a decision made out of love. In that moment, if my body doesn't need physical fuel, the best decision doesn't feel like giving it something it doesn't need that's actually not going to benefit it in the long run, right? And that's in relation to eating when I'm not hungry. I'm not talking about ignoring my hunger cues, right? We're not about that around here. (laughs) So here's what these decisions might actually sound like in a real life scenario. Okay, so let's talk about, let's talk about Halloween candy, because this is one that comes up a lot. And again, you're hearing this in the middle of November. So, or I don't know when you're hearing this, you could be hearing this eons in the future. (laughs) But as I'm recording this, we just finished up with Halloween. Funny story, we bought candy for trick-or-treaters, but we were out and about that day and we kind of got home a little late. So now we have just a whole bowl full of candy, which to me is awesome. I love having a piece with lunch and a piece with dinner as my little mini dessert, right? So anyways, got off track. Okay, so when it comes to candy, what 
a a fear-based choice might sound like, and again, this might resonate with you, something completely different might resonate with you, right? A fear-based choice might sound like, well, I have to keep all the candy out of the house because I'm afraid if I start eating it, then I won't be able to stop. And I don't trust myself to not start eating the candy. Am I right? Like it's staring me in the eyes every single day I pass it. I'm definitely going to eat it. And if I do that, then I'm afraid that I'm going to gain weight and it's just going to be a spiral because we're going into the holidays and yada, yada. So that might be a choice based off of out of fear, right? To be like, okay, I can't even keep the candy in the house. I'm literally throwing it away the day after Halloween because I'm terrified to have it in the house. There's fear around that. On the other end, fear in the form of overeating might be the same kind of fear, right? Where you end up eating all the candy as soon as you can because you tell yourself, again, the same reason that you can't keep it in the house. So you're going to end up just eating it all now and get it out of the house and get it over with. (laughs) If you think about it logically, that makes no sense. But I have been in those mind games with myself and I have convinced myself that that makes sense, right? This is what our brain does. Very good at convincing us. So... That's something that might sound like fear. Those are a couple things that you might hear if you have a fear-based thought around food and you make a choice based out of fear. On the other end, love, a choice made out of love might sound like this. That, okay, obviously eating candy until my stomach hurts doesn't feel like loving my body. In fact, it feels like the complete opposite. And in the past, The restriction and completely doing away with the candy altogether is actually what caused me to do this, to cause me to eat candy until my stomach hurt because I would restrict, restrict, restrict until I finally took it way overboard, right? So knowing this, what the choice to make out of love for me would be to practice moderation. I'm going to start practicing moderation. Notice I didn't say I'm going to start implementing moderation, practicing it, because it's something that needs to be practiced over and over and over again until we get good at it. Imagine that you're in a sport or something. Moderation is like a sport. You don't start out on day one and you're the star of the team, right? You start out on day one, just like everyone else, running the drills, doing the things, practicing, messing up, and getting better and better and better. Anyways, I'm going to start practicing moderation and enjoyment of sweets in smaller amounts because that will feel better and show my body the love it deserves. Do you feel the different energy in the idea of of eating the candy, keeping the candy out of the house, that fear-based thought versus the one that's based out of love? And Listen, again, what matters is not the choice that you make. Whether you choose to eat all the candy right then, whether you choose to eat none of the candy, or whether you choose to eat a few pieces of candy, the choice doesn't matter because what matters is the intention, the intention and the energy behind your actions. Those are often more important than the energy itself. Two people can do the exact same thing, but the energy of the action, if it's different, that will create a different result. So somebody else might make the choice to avoid the candy altogether and not have any because I'm trying to think of why somebody might do that. (laughs) I'm like, oh, not for me. Perhaps somebody is 
really trying to optimize their body for some reason. I don't, I don't know. I can't think of it, but maybe I genuinely can't think of a reason. How funny is that, that I cannot think of a reason to stop eating sugar? Because I can't. I'm just, that's me, okay? I, I can't ever find a good reason to eat, stop eating sugar. But maybe for somebody else, that does not feel like a choice that's made out of restriction, but actually it feels like the choice that's made out of love for their body. And that's what matters for them. They're, if they're truly not making that choice out of fear and they're not making it because they think something bad is going to happen if they eat the sugar, then that's the right choice for them. They feel like they're making it because they love their body and that's what's going to make them feel best. Power to you, okay? It's all about the energy. So let's talk about how to recognize this and how to shift it. And I'm just going to give you a couple little pointers with this. So how to recognize whether or not you're making a food choice out of fear or out of love. If you're making that choice, do you feel afraid of the alternative? So do you feel like something bad will happen if you make a different choice than the one you're about to make? If you are about to make the choice to not eat the candy at all, are you doing that because you're afraid something bad will happen if you do eat the candy? Or going back to me and the purchasing of that course, I was afraid. I, I was afraid when I initially said no, because I did initially say no to purchasing the course. The reason I was saying no was because I was afraid that that was going to be just yet another expense in my business and that I couldn't afford it and and yada, yada. Something bad was going to happen. I wasn't going to make enough money to pay for the course or for it to be deemed valuable or whatever. That was my fear. So that is one question you can ask yourself. Do I feel afraid of the alternative? And if so, I want you to take your time and lean into this, right? Journal on it. Why does this choice make me feel fearful? Why, what am I afraid of is going to happen? Actually write it down, right? I think a lot of times we think with manifestation and and positive thinking. I don't know if you've heard of toxic positivity. That's a term going around recently. And I feel it's so relevant because being truly positive isn't being positive all the time. And it's not sure as heck not ignoring the the negative and the downsides and the fears and all that. You actually have to lean into it and understand it a little bit better and sometimes speak it out loud and share it with somebody before you can release it, right? Release that resistance. So journal on it. Why does this choice make you feel fearful? Is it logical to feel fearful? So for example, in the case of the candy, is it logical that you feel like that you have to have all the candy out of the house because you feel like you can't just eat one piece. Is that logical? Or is that something that you have just learned and that maybe you could learn a different way? Maybe you could learn to actually have the candy, right? So is it logical? You're going to ask yourself, why does this choice make me feel afraid? Is this fear logical? Is this something I have been culturally conditioned to believe? Right? So for example, the sugar is toxic <sighs> rhetoric, which just makes me so triggered, or the sugar is as addictive as cocaine. 
that is something that I feel like I used to be culturally conditioned to believe and I tried to avoid sugar all the time. Ironically, I was the most obsessed with sugar when I was on these quote unquote sugar detoxes. And let me tell you why. So the study that people are referring to when they say that sugar is as addictive as cocaine is a study that they did with lab rats. And that just staying that saying that statement takes a very important piece of the study out of context because sugar is not inherently as addictive as cocaine. This is what made the sugar as addictive as cocaine, restriction. So if they gave the rats sugar, like they just left the sugar in their cages or wherever the heck the rats are living, I don't know, their little rat suite, they put the sugar in there and didn't restrict it in any type of way, that the animals had zero response to indicate at all they felt addictive tendencies towards it or kept going back to it and back to it and back to it, which by the way is what the rats would do if there was actual cocaine, right? So cocaine is an addictive substance. If it was just put in there in unlimited amounts, they would just continue to go back to it because it has addictive properties. Sugar, though, what they did that proved that and made them behave as though it was cocaine was when they they restricted it. So they only put it in there at a certain time and they rationed how much they were having. That is when the rats reacted in a way that made them feel addicted to it and and looked like an addiction and lit up the same parts in their brain as addiction, right? What does that say to me? Looking at the actual results of that and looking at that, what that says to me is the restriction is what caused the the addictive like behaviors and not the sugar itself, the restriction. Wild, right? All you have to do is leave out like two sentences and completely change the narrative to fit whatever you want people to believe. And that's something I think you should keep in mind all the time, by the way, right? Don't just believe what I'm saying. Don't just believe what your favorite Instagram people are saying. Don't just believe what you saw on the news. Do your own research. Advocate for yourself. Understand it deeper. And sometimes you just might change your mind and that's okay. I know I've changed my mind on a million and a half things. Okay, anyway, so you're journaling. Let's get back to that. So you ask yourself, why does it make me feel fearful? Is it logical? Is this something I've been culturally conditioned to believe? And what's the choice that feels like I would be making it out of love instead? So with that, you might want to close your eyes and drop into your body and say, what would my body want right now? And listen, I'm not a crazy person. I know that at first this is going to be really hard because a lot of times we're like, my body wants all the candy, bitch, right? Give me all the candy. So (laughs) I understand if you're thinking that right now, then first of all, you need to get into the vibrancy guide, which starts in our next round starts in January, but that's a whole nother story. So, (laughs) but just try. And the more you practice this and try and figure out what would be the choice that would really feel like you're making it out of love and there there's absolutely no fear behind it? Try practicing making that choice. And analyzing your food choices through this lens can give you so much perspective. And if you feel like you start doing this and realize, wow, I'm making all of my food choices out of fear, then absolutely look into the Vibrancy Guide, which is my 16-week health coaching program. We're starting a new round in January. That could be something that could be extremely helpful for you. That is the top results that people get is 
they get rid of that fear of food and consequentially they end up stop overeating and doing that binge restrict cycle. That kind of all goes away because they know that food is morally neutral and they know there's nothing to be afraid of by eating a piece of candy or so. And they drop the fear and start living and making choices more out of love than fear. So here's the thing. Whatever you actually decide to do, it doesn't matter. The energy behind it is what matters. And I've said that 555 million times, so you get it. I know you get it. But for me, the way that this has simplified for me when looking at foods is shifting my focus from restriction to satisfaction, right? So instead of looking at a plate and being like, hmm, where can I slash the calories? Can I ask for no cheese? Can I just dip my fork in the ranch? Which I do that, but only because I want to, (laughs) because I don't like it when it's drenched in the ranch. But I'm not afraid of eating a whole cup of ranch because give me a chicken nugget and I will eat a whole cup of ranch. But anyways, so I focus on satisfaction instead of restriction, right? So what is going to fully satisfy me and leave me feeling good about my choices and I made a choice out of love, but that I feel satisfied at the end of it. And when I'm focusing on restriction, that feels very fearful. But when I'm focusing on satisfaction, I know that a plain salad with grilled chicken and like the fat-free dressing option is not going to satisfy me. But on the opposite end of that, neither is shoving down six pieces of bread with butter and then eating also the fettuccine Alfredo dish. That's going to also make me feel like shit. And that's not going to really satisfy me. That's going to leave me overly full and then probably in a couple hours starving, right? Put me on that blood sugar roller coaster, which is not going to feel good. But what would feel good? What would be a choice made out of love? In that case, for me, the choice that would be made out of love would maybe be having a salad with chicken, if I was craving that, and then maybe adding some fats to it, like some cheese and some dressing in moderate amounts, plus a piece of bread. That might feel like a choice that was satisfying me and a choice made out of love for my body simultaneously, right? So that is my thoughts for today. And I'm going to give you an action step at the end of this podcast, and which is right now. <laughs> but your action step to take away from this is take just one day and evaluate all of your food choices. Did you make those choices more so out of fear or more so out of love? And if you did make them out of fear, then I want you to journal on it, right? So those questions that I said before, ask yourself, what exactly was it you were afraid of? right? Ask yourself, what exactly was it you were afraid of? And why did it make you feel fearful? Is it logical to feel that way? Had you been culturally conditioned to believe that? And what's a choice that feels like you would be making it out of love instead? So if you didn't feel afraid of anything and you are solely focused on loving and nourishing your body, what choice would you make? And you might be surprised what you will uncover upon doing that. (laughs) So, and if you feel like you have no idea how to make choices out of love, and this is such a foreign concept, come follow me over on Instagram at brightlightchels. And we talk about this kind of stuff all the time and you might find some help there. So I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Please leave me a a rating and review if you feel called to do so. If you enjoyed this podcast, do that. Shoot me a message. 
I'd love to talk to you. And I hope you have a wonderful, sunshiny, vibrant day.